No, I love it. Keep it. Too late. I hate you. <laughs> I hate line. you so much. Get in line. Ugh! We hit a perfect <laughs> intro, guys. Did we? And David just ruined it. I mean, that was a little rough. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Oh. Dog noise. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Man. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. You didn't introduce everybody individually. That's why. I was getting to that. You didn't do it the first time. I was getting to that. <laughs> no, you weren't. You said you it's didn't have anything else to do. Come to the plural. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That was from the last time. <laughs> well, we're not restarting. Okay. No, we're not. We're not restarting. We're not restarting. We're not restarting. We're live. We are live. We're on air. This is difficult to hold the mic like this. David, we should get one of those on-air signs. That would be great. Yeah, actually, I have one of those in my Amazon <laughs> cart. Why haven't you bought it yet? Because I'm lazy. Procrastination. Procrastination nation over here. Waiting yeah. for Prime Day. Waiting yeah. for Prime Day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When is Prime Day? I don't know. Ask Johnson. I have no idea. Johnson would know. Yeah. He does work in Amazon. Or he did, yeah. He used to. Who's making all that noise? <laughs> we have a guest on the show today. We do. It's Cooper. He's yeah. a cutie. Cooper James. It's my, my chocolate lab. Just hanging out with us today. He's just hanging out. We're, David has a lot of faith that he's going to be a good boy today. He will. He sees yeah. yawning. He's, he's ready to... Don't, yeah. don't get him riled up. And I'm so yeah. proud of him. He didn't jump on me for the first time today. That's awesome. Yeah. He's really making progress. He is making progress. Go over there. Good for you, Cooper. Yeah. Well, we've introduced the guest star. Yeah. I'm Dalton Locke, the host of the show. I'm here with Whitney Williamson. Hey. David Overstreet. Hey. And Corey Ann Thorpe. Hey. How are we guys doing? How are we doing, guys? <laughs> I take comfort in the fact that we can come to the throne. <laughs> I was trying to say throne there. Yeah, I, it's a tongue uh, twister. It is it a tongue is. twister, you know? I, I Try was... saying that five times fast. Throne, 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 throne. <laughs> You know, I was actually trying like to type that soundbite, like what you actually said, and I can't figure it out. I don't know how to type it. Throw I think it starts with an F. I have no idea. It actually sounds like you're saying flub. Like, flub. You know, a little flub there. Unleavened bread. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like... <laughs> I'm doing good. You're doing we just, good? We just had that big snowstorm yeah. last week, so... Super crazy. It was pretty fun for for me as a Cali girl. I never see snow like that, so I had a lot of fun. Yeah, Tennesseans never see snow like that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, Texas, like, oh man, I. Yeah, that's I am um, awful. So I've got an older brother who lives in Midland, Texas. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, he didn't go into that boil water notice, mm-hmm. but he was without power for I think at least a day. Yeah. yeah. So no heat, no power. That's awful. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, definitely praying for everybody down in Texas who's still mm-hmm. dealing with all that yeah. crazy situation. But yeah. Um, well, guys, I think I have a new celebrity crush. Do you tell? Jesus? Well, of course. He's the number one. The Sunday school the answer. First yeah. love. But my new celebrity crush, I think, is Elizabeth Olsen. Been watching WandaVision since it yeah. came out. Yeah. And. You know, she's a redhead. Yeah. Can't get enough of that. Yeah. Well, at least in the show she is. Oh, right, yeah. Everything. Yeah. She's Carly Mary Richard. Kate and Ashley's younger sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no yeah. idea. She is. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I think she's my new celebrity crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Y'all have celebrity crushes? 
Cooper's like, mine Cooper, is Corey Ann Thorpe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for all you listeners, he just got on the chair behind her. Or no, he's she's sitting on a love seat and he just crawled up behind her. <laughs> he's sitting, sitting on top of the cushion behind her now. Right. It's he, hard to explain. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, uh, now Corianne's using him as the pillow. Crushing him <laughs> in his lungs. <laughs> so who has celebrity crushes in here? I know I do. Who's yours? I have multiple. Multiple? No. Yeah. Give us uh, your, your number one. Claire. For a long time, who, uh, I forgot her name. Her name, it's like Jennifer something. Lawrence? No. You like uh, a lot of Jennifer. Aniston? Yeah. Um, Jennifer Aniston? No, the girl in the Fantastic Four movies. She was uh, Miss Invisible or whatever. Jennifer. Uh, this is going to bug me. <laughs> I'll look it up. You ladies got to have crushes. Come on. Well, we know they do. No? None? Come on. I can't think Whitney? of one. I used Cooper. to have a crush on Ian Somerhalder. Because, well, he's attractive, but also he loves animals. <laughs> like, he's a big animal guy. But that was years ago. I honestly don't have a celebrity crush. You don't have a single celebrity crush? Come Mm-mm. on. Even, like, like, yep, Cooper's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You got all tangled up in my headphones. <laughs> um, Whitney? No celebrity crushes? I wouldn't necessarily say I have like a celebrity crush. No, um, somebody I just enjoy the films that they're in, and I enjoy the persona of their character. Would probably be like James Marsden. Who is that? Um, he plays in Twenty Seven Dresses as the main dude, and he also plays in, um, I think, The Best of Me, which is a Nicholas Sparks movie. You guys know I love my rom coms. Yeah, so. that's true. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I like James Marsden. I like his like quirks personality as far as who he gets casted as he was also in the notebook as the other guy she almost married instead of noah um, and in that movie i wasn't his fan because yeah yeah but when i saw him in 27 dresses i i really liked the persona of his character and just characteristics he had but i'm not like ever at home like wonder what james marston's doing in life lord make him <laughs> send him to be my husband like no you know i mean like obviously it's not like it's not like you just <laughs> Like, you don't think you're going to marry Elizabeth think, Olsen? You don't think... No. Okay. But it's like, yeah. Like, if I had a chance to have a date with her, I would, like, totally go for it, you know? And, David, you're thinking of Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Corianne, you can't think of anybody? I don't. No. Well, who was the person that you mentioned that loves animals? Ian Summerhalder. Ian Summerhalder. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm telling your boyfriend. Person either. Oh, don't tell um, him. He's probably listening. Sorry, Colton. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're starting a new bit today on the show it's called would you rather and yeah yeah and so uh here's my would you rather question this is your ultimatum okay you have to choose one or the other okay okay mm-hmm. okay thank you for responding <laughs> <laughs> okay would you rather receive an all expense paid trip to your dream vacation spot or go out for a dinner date with your celebrity crush Dream vacation spot, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that as well. Yeah, vacation spot. That's easy. Yeah, it's too easy. Dalton, we know what you're gonna yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Dream vacation spot, like it's pretty high up there on the list, you know. Yeah. And a dinner date with 
Elizabeth Olsen does not mean that it's going to turn into anything. Right. You know? Maybe yeah. if she heard you were going to this dream destination, <laughs> she would, like, want to go. I don't know. Based on WandaVision, I wouldn't want her to come with me anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's a bit out there right now. Yeah. But, uh, okay, fine, since that didn't really go over well. <laughs> would you rather eat an apple with a live worm in it? <laughs> So or get tackled by an NFL defensive lineman. Oh, get tackled all day. Really? Here's my yes. question. Here's my question. How close is the worm to the side of the apple that I'm taking a bite of? Like, is it on the other no, side of the eat, apple and no. I'm you taking a bite of the, the other apple. side? No, you have to eat the whole apple with, with the, worm the worm in it. it? Yes. Lineman. Lineman all the way. <laughs> I'll see you guys at the hospital. Pray for my healing. Uh, I would choose the apple. Yeah, I would choose the apple. Yeah. Really? I don't want to get like fractured and broken. You can get that over with Yeah. in the time span that it takes you to eat an apple. Mm-hmm. But if you get tackled by a defensive lineman, then you didn't give you're any gonna parameters be for, for that a while. I could be wearing pads. You're going to get concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Not if I'm wearing a helmet. <laughs> you can still get a concussion. You could, yeah. Okay, so. okay. Without pads. <laughs> Oh, okay, now that you say that. And you have to eat the whole apple. It's just one worm? Yeah. Forget the apple, I'll eat the worm by itself. (laughs) Okay, now we see where Cooper gets it from. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that was fun. It was not as funny (laughs) as I thought it was going to be, but, you know, things happen. Yeah. And everything, so that is our would you rather bit. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather get stuck in a snowstorm or go back to Cali for a week? That's a no-brainer. <laughs> no-brainer. What? You're bad at this. <laughs> well, that was just on the spot, okay? The other ones I thought through, which is not saying anything. <laughs> oh, goodness. Listen. Oh, can I? Can I? Oh, to ask you guys the... Oh, my word. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Here's one. Would you rather fight four 20-year-olds or 24-year-olds? Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, like, four 20-year-old people or 24-year-olds? Hmm. I don't know if I could be... Mm. See? This is this is what I'm, I'm talking trying, about. I'm trying to... This is what I'm talking about. Well, I will be held accountable for every idle word, so I'm trying to choose my words wisely. Probably the 20-year-olds. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I just I feel like I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't specify, you know, men, women. It doesn't matter. So. Scrawny. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I had the Lord on my side. Yeah. That's true. And someone did tell me that, you know, if it's 24-year-olds, and that's five four-year-olds for every limb of body. <laughs> that's you know, a for, lot. For every limb you have. That is a lot, yeah. So. Kids are ruthless. I would do I would do the four-year-olds all day. I could outrun four-year-olds. My plan is... No, nah, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that on the <laughs> All right. Well, guys, today on the menu, we have the Book of Galatians. Yummy. Yummy. Oh. Gluten-free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gluten-free. <laughs> and vegan. 100% organic. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. Today, we're going to be talking about chapters one and two. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's go for it, guys. Jump on in. Yeah. So we uh, we've all read chapters one and two, I presume. Mm-hmm. What are our thoughts on it thus far? 
I think, well, first off, I think it's so interesting. So out of all the books that Paul wrote, this one has such a different tone. Because mm-hmm. most of them start off with him, like, encouraging the church or the people he's talking to, or the people he's writing to um, or, like, praying for them. And this one, he is laying down some yeah. some truth and, um, well, he's basically calling them foolish, you know? He's, yeah. like, really going after their uh, falling away from he's got the that, gospel. He's basically. got that whole, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed Yeah. vibe going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of emphasis on not living by the law of man mm-hmm. and living by the spirit. Yeah. Which I enjoy. Ooh, that'll preach. Yeah. Yeah. Preach it then. Oh, no, Dalton's show. All our shows. Show. Yeah. Why did I say shows? We all yeah. host a show. Multiple shows. And Whitney likes to take over sometimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all could, see, could have seen Whitney's face just then, it was priceless. It's what well, they can. Did. It's what we live for. So, Whitney, um, speak your truth. When to, <laughs> speak one truth. Just what, we're going in a circle here, okay? Well, something that I that I love that Paul stresses uh, in most of his letters is that he's an apostle not of men, but of God. That God has specifically chosen him, and that God, Jesus Christ, gave him this gospel, not man. Mm-hmm. So he learned everything about Jesus Christ from Jesus. Yeah. So he's basically a disciple as well. I love that too, because when God gives you something, like the world can't take it from you because they didn't give it to you. Mm -hmm. So when God gives you that anointing or gives you that gift, other people can't rob you of it. Yeah. Unless, you know, if you give them permission and that's where Paul's really like, Hey, I know that God gave this to me. I didn't get it from any person. Actually in my footnotes, y'all know I love, the passion translation because it's so passionate so passionate so passionate but it actually was talking about the name paul means little his name before this conversation was saul which means significant one or sought after what great transformation takes place when we experience a profound change like saul did god transforms us from being quote unquote important to being small in our own eyes and this is what qualifies god's apostolic apostolic servants apostolic thank you that's my um my woodbury coming out (laughs) over here but yeah the word apostle means one who is sent on a mission or an ambassador by implication an apostle carries the delegated authority of the one who sends him paul was chosen by jesus christ an apostle to plant churches and impart the revelation of jesus christ in his true gospel um there are more references in the new testament about the gift of the apostle than all the other gifts like prophet evangelist pastor teacher combined like in ephesians 4 11 but i just thought that was so cool because i think a lot of times whenever we're pursuing God, we want to feel important. We want to feel seen by other people. We want them to recognize the gift of God on our life. And I, I love that footnote. It talks about we go from seeing ourselves as important in our own eyes to seeing ourselves as small in comparison to the gospel of Christ. Yeah. But then we get to be the ambassador. Like we get to go out yeah. and, and share it. Um, and then like, what a privilege. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was looking at um, verse 21 through 24. I'll just read it real quickly. After um, Paul says, after my stay in Jerusalem, I went to Syria and southeast Turkey, but remained unknown to the Jewish believers in Judea. The only thing they heard about me was this. Our former enemy who once brutally persecuted us is now preaching the good news of the faith that he was once obsessed with destroying. Because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praise God even more. And I just think that's amazing. Like the transformation that he went through from basically destroying Christians to then bringing people to Jesus 
it just it brought them to Jesus. It wasn't about him being this celebrity or anything. Mm-hmm. It was all about them praising God because of the things that he had done and the transformation. Right. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> when Paul is writing his greeting to the church, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God, of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, he always sticks with that. He always sticks with God gets the glory forever and ever. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that little passage up, though, is that I can't help but think of Paul when he's writing this, if there's a little bit of aggression when he's writing it. Mm-hmm. Because he's saying, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And then not a verse later, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Um, I, I, I love the fact that he still writes grace to you and peace from God our Father. He's still showing that he's loving and all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, he's loving them sternly. Mm-hmm. Um and I just think it's funny to imagine him like writing that aggressively. Just grace yeah. to you. Peace from God our Father. It is interesting. I know in that part too though, it's like it's crazy that so Paul, you think of him as like one of the most amazing Bible teachers of like all time, basically, like other than Jesus. I mean, he was firm and it's amazing that these people, these Galatians, like they heard from him and they at first were kind of on fire for Jesus and then they so quickly turn away and go into like the Jewish mosaic law aspect. And it's just, you know, Paul's almost like, like, it's crazy. Like you turn so quickly. And I think we can see that today, how sin and um, false gospels can come in so quickly and turn us. If we're not very careful and discerning of what we're listening to and check everything by the word of God, you know, that has to be our foundation. We have to bring everything back to the Bible and see, is this preaching aligning with what jesus says in the bible so yeah it's, it's just crazy that they could turn so quickly yeah i think when uh when paul opposes peter uh just interesting um i guess i'll just read that little essay right there uh when peter came to antioch i opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that they, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Kind of piggybacking on what you were saying, just even Peter was just so quick to top around. And like, why, why do you think that, that Peter did that? Like, why do you think that when, like, he was so afraid of kind of what other people were thinking? I mean, it, it seems a lot like just human nature to, you know, we have this tendency to want to care more what men think than what Jesus or what God thinks. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Here's the thing that I really love, too, if you go, I'm going back a few verses, but when Paul is like, I'm obviously not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with men, but my supreme passion is to please God. For if I attempt to do this, or for if all I attempt to do is please people, I would not be a true servant of the Messiah. And I just think that's so powerful. 
and like I was telling you guys, I just really love these footnotes. And it, it look at how much the grace of God covers. You know what I'm saying? Because Peter, you know, everybody refers to him as somebody that had foot and mouth syndrome or that missed it and even, even denied Jesus. And you know that Peter loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. But grace covered him. And he even had that dream and that vision about eating unclean animals. And God's like, don't you call unclean what I've called clean. And sent Peter to some people that were not, was it non-Jewish? And like Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And I think that like they had received the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? And so he used the grace that he had given Peter. It wasn't Peter and who he is and Peter and his strength. It was the grace on his life. And in the, the footnotes of what you just shared, David, it was saying that, Peter was shown a heavenly vision that God views the non-Jewish believers as clean. This amplifies Peter's hypocrisy. Even Jesus' apostle had conflicts that needed to be worked out and healed. Yeah. So if you know that you're called to, to share the gospel, that doesn't mean you have to have it all right. That means that you aim to do things with excellence and be pleasing to God. But there's a grace for it. You know what I mean? Like there's grace that covers you. And so don't ever let yourself get into that place of condemnation. Because the word, it'll tell you what to do wrong, but it also tells you how to fix it. God doesn't ever correct without saying, hey, this is what I love about you. You have this and this, and I've equipped you and you're anointed to do this, but this is where you're missing it. He encourages and corrects. He does not say, we're going to get even here, or you have to sit in time out because you missed the mark. He still graced his people to, to carry out his word. Um, and so I, I love that Paul wasn't afraid to even confront somebody that was supposed to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing, right? Is he's separating himself sort of from that group. Yeah. Like, um, like I think it talks about um, in chapter one, how just like his past and his testimony and how like he um, was very zealous to follow the traditions of his fathers. Yeah. But like when God, um, when God called him the grace is what he says mm-hmm. um, to reveal the son to me so I might preach to him among the Gentiles I did not consult any man so and he didn't have to go find the apostles he didn't need to do that go find them and be and get with them like he he had a vision from God he was on his own walk from God and he didn't need to consult man because he had God and he said he makes that separate he makes that distinction a lot in this first few chapters and just kind of goes to show right there he's not afraid to like confront those yeah yeah that's so good um so i think i've shared this with you guys before it just kind of reminds me of of this right here when paul's correcting peter um i'm part of this facebook group called renewing of the mind and um this guy named joseph leads it and dude in step with holy spirit and i'm crediting that to god like that's not him it's a grace you know but anyway he was he said something and it just really stuck with me and he's like I have a couple people that have poured into my life and he was like they're they're leaders in my life as far as Jesus you know like they really have sown into me and poured a lot into me he was like how would I respond if they stopped believing in God all of a sudden how much of my faith is basically piggybacking Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing now like he didn't this isn't word for word verbatim but it, it just made me think like how much of my faith is piggybacking off of the people that lead me more than it is my relationship with God. And if, if Paul had been in that place where his faith was piggybacking off of the other apostles, he would have missed it yeah. instead of br- being able to stand on the word and bring the correction that needed to be brought in that moment. And like, are we there? 
Yeah. It's so important. I mean, this can kind of be applied to anything. Like, it's so important that you have your own viewpoints. And they're, like, truly your own. Yeah. Like, if you want to know about something, do the research. And the Bible is no exception. Like, don't just have faith because your parents have faith. Like, or your grandparents. Like, or your friends. Or, yeah. your, or your pastor. I mean, it's, you're going to have disagreements with people. Mm. And it's so important that you can cite evidence when you get in those discussions. Yeah. And it's so important that you have, you can back up your beliefs. And I think a lot of people miss that because we're so saturated with like this, what a popular belief is like, oh, you should always hold that. And someone may not hold that, but like, that's why, you know, like I'll have some conversations with people, let's say about politics or whatever. And like, I, I usually don't have those conversations, but when I do, I really respect it when somebody can like back up what they're saying yeah. and it has, it's not just kind of like, Oh, because this person said it or because this person said it like, yeah. So I think the Bible, I mean, it's just, it's the truth. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you can cite anything you believe from the truth, it's just, it's just always important. I wanted to go like back just a little bit and give just a little bit more context for the book of Galatians. So basically, it's Paul writing to the Galatians, and he, I believe he originally taught them the gospel, and like I think I mentioned earlier that they followed it, and then I guess what would we call like Judaizers, so people that are into the Jewish Mosaic law, they that's what they taught them, and so they kind of went away from the gospel of grace um, and God's truth and went into the law and like following the commandments and um, circumcision and all of that and that that's the way to Jesus which is against the gospel because the gospel teaches Jesus is the way to God instead of all these laws are the way to God so basically Paul is just coming at them with um, yeah redirection and yeah, he's warning them that um, our endeavor to be justified in Christ, uh, we too will be found. We will be found to be sinners. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that we can try to be justified by the law because the law was meant to show us that we cannot be justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where Jesus Christ comes in, and we and where we accept His grace. We receive His grace, and that is what our righteousness is. He is our righteousness. Um, and so when you start to fall away from that, Paul is, um, anxious to stress that, like, if they choose to be justified by the law, then they're going to fail. They yeah. have to accept Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ is the only way. Yeah. Um, and the old, the old law was just meant as a placeholder until yeah. Jesus's death yeah. and then faith took over. Right. Yeah, what was it? He he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, because there are some places um, in churches that'll teach like, oh, well, it's Old Testament. Or, oh, we're New Testament only. But, like, they're both important. Mm-hmm. They're both so important because Jesus came to fulfill that. So you need to know both and you need to, mm-hmm. to, to take the whole word. Like, you can't discard part of the word and say that it's not valid and then pick and choose which ones that are a standard to you. Like, yeah. it's either all the standard or it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, but Dalton, when you were talking about that, it's Galatians 
um, 2, verse 15. We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but by faith of Jesus the Messiah. His faithfulness, not ours, has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping the religious, um, by the keeping of religious laws. And so I just, that's the gospel right there. Just, it's, it's not based on our faithfulness. You know, it, it's based on his. Mm-hmm. And God is consistent and he's faithful. And I just think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I think too, um, I think like more Old Testament believers could think that oh, like, if you only follow this grace gospel or whatever, then it's going to create rebels. Like, it's going to create this rebel mentality where it's like, oh, like, I have God's grace, I can do whatever. But really, it does the opposite. It creates discipleship because um, you see that, you know, once you fully understand and grasp what Jesus did for us on the cross and how much God loves us that he did that, the grace that he provides us just draws us closer to him and makes us want to just naturally obey him. Absolutely. And, like... I love um, chapter 2, verse 21. I don't have the exact verse that I wanted to to quote here, but um, there's a part that says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So when you're following the gospel, you, you're, I love that. Like, I'm not trying to frustrate the grace of God. Like, you're not taking advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, my version that says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let me share the passion just since we've gone around. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so that wait so that is why i don't view god's grace as something minor or peripheral for if keeping the law could release god's righteousness to us the anointed one would have died for nothing and that's some strong verbiage right there it's passionate it's very passionate it's it, it's strong though because like he this is what he has taught them is that jesus christ is everything yeah and so he's really getting their attention by saying if the law is still what justifies us, then Christ died for nothing. And so, like, he, he's just, he's stressing that it's all about Christ. Mm-hmm. That the law isn't what justifies us, it's what Christ is who justifies us. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the extent of chapters one and two. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off uh, for this week's episode. But we'll be diving into diving into chapters three and four next week so uh join us for that guys i take comfort in the fact that we can come to the plural (laughs) everybody knows that i can't speak well (laughs) so i'm basically moses where's my Aaron? (laughs) bring him on all right guys have a good week we'll see you next time